Like for Brian Johnson? No, nah, just a general. Somebody for Florida or whatever. Tope would know. If Tope doesn't know, then I'm making shit up. I'm sorry. What I... Tope's not even I listening. Had I had to step away for a second. <laughs> uh, on that note, I think we can move on to the next subject. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... Hello, everybody. This is Tofree Gator. I'm here with Zlatan Diego and Hammersuit. Hey. And I had this whole intro thought up like a week ago uh, where I was going to do the Sopranos intro music. And then I was going to do a thing about Justin Garantano being from Jersey and, you know, trafficking and garbage and the trash can connection with Tennessee and all that stuff. I had it all set up. And then fucking Thumbhead Pruitt doesn't even play Garantano. Really threw off my groove. Uh, my disappointment is incalculable, and my weekend is ruined. Just a douchebag move. I mean, it's so bad you don't even remember Garantano's first name because you called him Justin, and I'm not sure what it actually is. Is, is it, it Jared? I don't Jared? know. Jared, like the subway rapist dude. Yeah, I don't think it is Justin, is it? Justine? I, I don't know. I mean, it could be Justin. I just it didn't sound right. Geronimo? I don't know. Does it matter? Will we ever see him no, again? Not really. Not. No. Panga. We might, we might see him again. That'd be fun. That would be very funny if they just like roll him out as the starter this weekend for Vandy. <laughs> he's gonna be, he's gonna feel really weird that he's like named after a uh, like a black site used by the U.S. government. I think he's cool with it. I am happy to see him go, just because I'm so fucking tired of hearing the Guantanamo Bay joke that I make every time. I know. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's not it's just never, you, but it's, 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 it's never, it's never going it's away, man. Just you. You yeah. are yeah. a key it's culprit. Never going away. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, the Gators won. Um, yeah. I was actually there. I was not expecting to attend, but I woke up on Saturday morning and looked online and found a pretty good deal on tickets. And I figured, you know, I might as well go and see the Heisman Trophy winning national championship Florida Gators once since I had the opportunity. That's a good call. I should have gone now. I was going to go, and then I decided not to. And I think we talked about it last time, and I, I should have just gone with you. It would have been fun. It, honestly, it was it was okay. Um, like I, I have this selective memory where every five or six years, I'll forget just how shitty it is to watch a game at Neyland. Um, I don't understand why that stadium is venerated like it is, because unless you're directly on the sideline within like the first... 30 rows or so the seats there suck the 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 sight lines feels like you're a mile from the field i just it's not a good stadium it sucks i'm gonna tell you why it's venerated and uh, i'm sorry fellas to all you listeners but uh, size matters it's true i guess yeah but yeah so anyway awkward silence (laughs) 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 no one's like oh man should i respond you just you just just, just cut off half our listeners (laughs) (laughs) i know i really like to alienate people pretty good at that we had we had three inches of listeners and now it's one and a half inches (laughs) (laughs) well it is a tradition for his people um (laughs) wow (laughs) love it i love it yeah. 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 All right. This is high quality production right here. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. So yeah, uh, the Gators got a win in Knoxville. 
I have not really rewatched it. Uh, I only had a couple of takeaways in person that I recall. The big one being that Kadarius Tony was open on probably 70 plus percent of the plays that he ran, like visibly open from where I was sitting. And uh, it's remarkable. I know I've said this before, and I swear this is the last time I'm going to talk about it. It's remarkable how it used to be that he was the guy who would stick out like a sore thumb as not knowing what the fuck he was doing out on the field. And now he's the guy who sticks out like a sore thumb because he's a technician. It's pretty incredible to see it in person. Are we sure it's actually Kadarius Tony? Like, Reasonably. Like, I don't want to take that from him. I mean, I'm just kidding. This is 100% joke. Yeah. 100% joke. Yeah. Like I, I don't even think I've even publicly acknowledged that I was wrong. <laughs> like, like, I think you guys have both come out and said we're, we're wrong about him. I just, this guy is having a really good season. He was open all over the field. He's a mismatch problem, and especially when you have Kyle Pitts and like Grimes and Copeland out there, like you can't cover everybody. And I don't know, like I think Trask has had a really off game because I think if he if Trask was on point, that game would have probably been like 56, 60 points with how open Tony was. One thing Pruitt can do is he can game plan defensive backs, and he really did this game. I thought that um, that Trask was about as flustered as I've seen him before. And uh, he didn't really know where to go with the ball. There were a lot of tricks thrown out there. And I mean, I think Pruitt was just throwing everything he could at him, just all kinds of swapping up of defensive backs. But you're right. Uh, Tony was wide open a good bit. It's, it's almost the thing where he's either single covered and wide open or they have to double cover him. So on the plays where they doubled up pits, there goes Tony just running free, running rampant. Um, yeah. It's, it, I'm wondering if, if we were, and, and and by we I mean myself and Heisman Trophy future Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Kyle Trask. I wonder if we were a little locked into Kyle Pitts this game, like he's like trying to force the ball to Kyle Pitts, eh, just kind of like basically looking for Pitts the entire time. I don't know if he really forced too many passes, but he seemed to be looking for Pitts at times where maybe he shouldn't have been. Yeah, like maybe not progressing through his reads. Um, felt the pressure. I mean Tennessee's defensive line was getting pressure, you know, and uh, maybe he just, it just seemed like a really off game. Like it was like weird. Like he, even though he had a really good game statistically, if you watch him all season, I've never once been concerned with his pocket awareness and his presence in the pocket. And he did not seem like his normal self. Like maybe he didn't feel well. Um, maybe he was unfocused. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I definitely can agree with you that he was probably just trying to force the ball to his first read without really progressing through things and seeing what the defense was giving him. And that could have been just Pruitt just doing a really good job. And even though our office is just too good to completely stop, you know, like if, if Tennessee actually had a really good team, that probably could have been a pretty bad disaster for us with the way that Pruitt was game planning things. Yeah, he did an excellent job of game planning. And I mean, it's, he is, he is the most recent defensive back guru to come out of the Saban system and and it shows I mean it even with their defensive backfield not being very good this season you could see the talent and you could see the flashes of how they're competently coached um I think that they had a really good game and I I think that they they really did execute really well at forcing us into doing things that we didn't necessarily that we weren't comfortable doing yeah and that showed and we were seemingly 
incapable of running the ball. Seems like we didn't really try, but we just went like full air raid, full one dimensional offense. Um, and and I think we're I think we're at the point where we're just happy to escape with a win, and we're just looking to finish this finish the season out and you know get to Atlanta. That's the that's the overwhelming vibe that I get from what I've seen the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's just the the standard Mullen conservative play calling in general, and I think that's um, I think that's just ramped up with how the season has gone. Um, something that. I guess is being addressed, but it's just, I I wrote it down. We have uh, a lot of teams are having uh, issues with injuries, with COVID. I mean, you already, you already have natural injuries that happen in college football. You limit your numbers that way. You're adding COVID numbers and that just, it completely limits teams. And then you're, you're playing fewer guys. So they're more likely to get injured. So there's a lot of teams struggling, a lot of teams struggling. And Honestly, there might be one or two teams. Alabama looks insane. That just look really good and dominant all around. And everybody else just has these huge major issues and they don't look like great teams. So it almost makes me wonder, maybe maybe this is a great year to have this kind of conservative conservative team. Um, one that, you know, plays with that high floor, kind of a low risk thing and uh, take advantage of you know what? We're all hurting for numbers. Um, we're not going to screw ourselves with that as well. That's kind of my hope here. I mean, I know that's just how M- Mullen runs things, but I'm hoping it kind of works out for us too. Like just trying to like keep us as fresh as possible before we actually have to play yeah. the most important game of our season. And it's not just treading water. It's just how he works. But at the same time, it's it's kind of working out to that effect now. Because, um, yeah, I think I think we're we're a little more banged up than we'd like to be. And then, yeah, add in all the COVID numbers, all the, the guys who are opting out, um, transfers out, just everything in general. And um, we're probably a little more, a, a little lower on numbers than we would be otherwise. Uh, the full SEC schedule, no cupcakes. I mean, it's a tough year. So we're like, I think it's kind of impressive that we've gotten through to this point, mostly on skates with just the one loss. I mean, I think we, it's, it's, those are games I thought we'd win, but at the same time to do it is still something else. Yeah, I agree. Um, defensively, uh, I felt like we played a pretty good game. Um, they got some garbage points at the end, but, and and some of it too was, um, they have a, a, they had a freshman quarterback, uh, Harrison Bailey, who we're familiar with from way back in recruiting. I remember coveting him in McIlwain's second year, probably. Yeah, Mac loved him. Yeah, like way, way back when he was like a sophomore. He looked um, pretty good too. Yeah, and he he looked he showed some some flashes. You know, there's some promise there. He's a freshman. It depends on if uh, you know they keep around Jim Cheney to ruin him to turn him into another Jake Fromm, um, and just let his career stagnate. But um, yeah, I mean it. He looked more competent than Garantano and didn't make the mistakes Garantano would have made. Um, and we did a pretty effective job of limiting what they were able to do. And that's my thought. I can't, I can't really disagree with that. I mean, if you're part of the discord chat though, in the halftime, you would assume that our defense was, um, playing the worst game of their lives, but I thought our defense, but okay, like Tennessee's not a bad team this year. They've lost a lot of games. Yes. But I mean, I'm going to pick up their schedule right now. 
And I'm pretty sure they've played some other teams pretty close. And they scored 21 on Alabama. Alabama scored seven more points than we did. It's not like they're a horrible team this year, you know? So I'm looking at right now because here, okay, the scores. So they lost 44-21 to Georgia. Okay, cool. But, okay, yeah, they scored pretty much the same amount of points Alabama did. Alabama scored 14 more points than we did. Um, they barely lost to Auburn. Lost by, like, 12. Um, it's like, but they have the capability of being okay. Their defense is all right. I think if they had a better offense, they'd actually be a legitimate team this year. They just have nothing on offense, and it's probably because they were rolling with, you know, it was a Garantano the entire season. And I bet if they had gone with Harrison Bailey, you know, halfway through the year, they might have, they might look a little bit different. Like Harrison Bailey's first game is against arguably one of the top five best teams in the country, which is us. Like that's not a good game to have a first game with, you know, and even with our defense playing subpar all season. So I don't know. I, uh, I think he did okay, but I think our defense definitely played well. I liked seeing Princely make some plays. I liked seeing, uh, you know, Elam had like three or four, past deflections he looked he looked pretty decent i think he got burnt a little bit but he looked pretty good for most of the game so i don't know i think we played pretty well they seem like they're coming into their own if that makes sense like the defense is finally starting to like gel to the point where they actually can be serviceable it is looking moderately better yeah uh just about 30 minutes ago apparently i'm i'm reading a tweet todd grantham when asked about issues with the defense getting lined up said quote You're never going to have a perfect game. There's always going to be an issue. I don't think that's been the case. Well, I see no issues here. Let's just move on and uh, give them an extension and we'll, we'll be happy. You know? Yeah. Great. So, I mean, I'm on the, I'm on the replacement train, but I I doubt he's getting fired unless he like takes a head coaching job or a DC job. He's not going anywhere after this season. I don't expect a coach to come out and, you know, publicly shit on his own team's performance, but that sounds tone deaf. It's just, it, it's, I, I get when Mullen does it because he's the head coach and his job is just to kind of throw himself under the bus before throwing his guys or even not even throw anybody under the bus, but just kind of deflect. Like that's sort of his thing. So I expect him to go up there and lie. It's, it's a little frustrating that not a single person can even come close to admitting, you know what? We have some lapses. We've got to clean that up. Just say that. I mean, shit, any, anything even close to it. But it's like they they won't admit it. And, I again, these coaches all lie. I get that. But you would think at some point that they would admit something. And supposedly behind closed doors, there are some uh, some very frustrated people. But I'm under the impression that's just on offense. I No, I think that they are uh, privately very aware of the issues. And they discuss them. I mean, Dan Mullen has, I think his, he just doesn't want to really, he doesn't want a lot of stuff to be public. As I've noticed, like he doesn't really want to give reporters answers on injuries. He really doesn't want to answer a lot of things. He likes to keep things kind of close to the chest. And I respect that to the, to a, to a degree, you know, um, I think him lashing out at Grantham a couple games ago for like five minutes, just straight up tearing into him on the sidelines was a clear indicator that things are not really going well. And Dan Mullen kind of had enough at that point. He was like, you know what? Fuck it. I've been giving you the benefit of the doubt. I've been, you know, the courtesy of doing everything in private, but now I'm going to lash at you in public. That's kind of his, I think that's the men's, the mentality there. And I'm okay with Grantham not throwing his guys on the bus. You know, I just think that 
there needs to be like there needs to be like a change like there needs to be significant improvement you know week over week i'm not asking for our defense to go from you know one of the worst we've had in a long time to a you know top three defense i'm not asking that but it's like i think we have shown some improvement but i think it really just comes down to like what you're saying like it's kind of tone deaf tof and i I agree but maybe he shouldn't have answered it at all it's tone deaf but it's also i guess what irritates me about it as well is that it comes across as hypersensitive. These these people come across as crybabies. They want to be coddled and they're like so hypersensitive to criticism that they're unwilling to even admit that, yeah, it's we've had issues that it, it's frustrating. I am. I'm not really a big fan of that particular. Th- there's a balance that you can find between throwing your guys under the bus versus just coming across like a fucking crybaby bitch. And I think that our coaching staff does a fairly poor job of finding that balance. <laughs> Pretty much choose the exact wrong choice every single time. Yeah. It's quite uncanny. It's, it's an amazing ability that only one Dan Mullen can pull off uh, with his hires. But with that said, overall, I don't think that the defensive performance was as bad as is being bandied about by some um, this particular week. It's, I've seen it look significantly worse this year. I'd agree. I think there are some issues. I think there are some issues with lining up. Uh, we had a few uh, third or fourth and shorts that it, it didn't really make sense what we were doing. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. You're, I mean, I guess that does, if that's what he's getting at, I guess that does happen occasionally. Mm-hmm. But uh, all in all, I felt actually once I saw the first couple of drives, I felt really comfortable this game. Um, I realized, OK, our defense can stop them. I don't expect to stop them every time. And granted, we gave up like what, three 90-yard drives? But hell, you know, we got some stops, and that's what matters. And uh, just needed to see that at the beginning. I felt good after that. Our defense has so much talent. Like, has so much talent on it. And I think it's just, it's a fucking weird year. Like, it really is. Like, I like there are defenses that are playing at a high level, but it's not as much as we normally see. And, like, I'm not going to give that as an excuse to the staff and, and give, like, the mulligan for it. But this is a very interesting season. I think offenses are significantly more potent this year than in recent memory in terms of just overall around the entire college football landscape. So, I mean, it could be like a lot of people said, like on message boards, like Higdon and shit were saying that this season is going to do a lot of damage. Like the lack of preparation, lack of spring ball, the lack of like really doing anything over the summer is going to do a lot of damage to defensive guys. And I don't know why, like that doesn't make any sense to me, but I mean, it, it looks like that's the case for a lot of teams around the country. Certainly. I think, I think part of it and, and maybe, maybe hammer, you can speak to this better than I can, but I would, I would think that defense, you're playing a little more reactively and offenses are always kind of a step of a, a step ahead. And I mean, the rules are sort of geared towards offense. So when you're really limited on preparation time and you get your whole schedule thrown off, I just feel like that when you're already playing from behind, having that delay really just kind of screws you over a bit more. We're seeing some crazy offensive numbers from teams. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it could be that. It's insane. Are there, do we have any other thoughts pertaining to this game particularly? Eh, fuck Tennessee. I don't have anything more to say about them. Bitch okay. ass orange color. I've got, I've got one that is kind of about this game, but really more of a, a broad picture program. Let's transition uh, question. This is a, a, a this is a question that was posed as I was driving home from Knoxville uh, on the Jimmy Himes post game show, which is fantastic entertainment. I recommend 
uh, tuning in via the internet radio, try and find it. One of these, one of these times when they lose a game against a rival in particular, because it is tremendous entertainment. Do you think if the two rosters were flipped, do you <laughs> think that Jeremy Pruitt's Florida Gators would have beaten Dan Mullen's Tennessee Vols this week? No. Nope. Nope. Completely agree. And yet they acted like there is this massive chasm in talent between these two rosters that could not possibly be overcome even with good coaching. That this, whatever it was, what, 12-point defeat was almost the best that you could hope for in this situation. And that is fucking insane. Uh, so it sounds like they are in... A river in the Egypt. denial stage of the seven stages of grief. <laughs> like, yes. like they're they're starting, they're starting. So they're already past the shock. There, to be fair, they're there were the actually there were actually uh, it was about fifty fifty between people who were in that type of denial versus um, people who are just over it with Pruitt already. I would I would concede that it could be closer because I don't I really don't know if uh, Tennessee has anybody on offense even close to Trask or Pitts. Granted, right. I don't think Pruitt would be playing Trask either, and if he did, then it would be a completely different Trask than what we know right now. But I, I do I, I will concede that point at least. But no, it it would still be a Mullen win, and um, yeah, maybe a little closer. But no, Pruitt's bad. Yeah. Yep. It is a coaching issue. I'm looking at the quarterbacks right now. Like, hell, Mullen with uh, Garantano, he might be able to make that work. Like, the dude's 6'4", oh, 230. Sure. Like, he'd find something to make the guy work. Like, the, he can kind of run, right? Yeah, I fully, I, I'm still beating this drum that he's going to transfer and he's going to be Jeff Driscoll. He's yeah. going to go have great success at a G5 school next year and wind up being an NFL journeyman. But this is like, it's like Saban bot striking again. Like, he is uh, like Pruitt is incapable of creating a QB, especially I don't know wh- why the fuck do these Saban proteges keep taking dual threat quarterbacks. It is beyond me. Will Muschamp, uh, Jeremy Pruitt, fucking Kirby smart. Why do they take dual threats? Why do the dual threats go there? What are they giving it. them? It makes no sense. And they fuck up their careers every time. So what if imagine the salt if, um, he goes to the G5 team. He's very successful. He gets drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they wave Josh Dobbs for him. Oh, that'd be great. Imagine how like I think I think Knoxville might actually explode at that point. I want him to go to uh, Georgia State. I think that would be my my most fun G5 team he could go to. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, this is good stuff, guys. Quality pod. We're doing we are, it. We are creating quality content. That's right. <laughs> you don't get this anywhere else. <laughs> but would you want to anyway? Um, you you can't, even if you did. So, <laughs> All right. Are we ready to move on to previewing LSU? Yeah, I guess. All right. I don't know what there's really to, is to say here. Um, they lost all their people. I, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I, I am still furious that all the media members get a fucking pass for putting LSU in the top 10 preseason. Some people put them top five. Like these people do not watch football. They don't know anything about anything. They are dumber 
I was about to get really, I, I was about to uh, attack a well-respected podcaster for no reason whatsoever because I like him. Me? <laughs> no, 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 not you. <laughs> you. You can feel it. But, um, Hammer, yeah, you're yeah. not well-respected. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but uh, it's it's just, it is insane to me with all the, all the talent they lost and people couldn't see the obvious huge fall that was coming. And granted, I did not expect it to be as bad as it is. Yeah, but I was I was saying I've been preaching from my damn soapbox repeatedly uh, below five hundred, and here they are struggling. What do they have? Two wins, three wins. They have two wins. I think Pro- probably stole one they shouldn't have had too. Like it's bad. Well, like even like, even if they returned the majority of their players, which they didn't, I still would have thought they would have a drop off this year, losing Brady and Aranda anyway. And Burrow, yeah. Yeah, like let's say Burrow doesn't come back, but everyone else does. They're still going to have a drop off because Aranda was an is an amazing defensive coordinator, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Brady was the reason why that offense was doing well. Besides Joe Burrow, it's not that Eisenmager or whatever his name is. That dude it has nothing to do with it. Eisenmager, yeah, like so there was going to be a drop off anyway. So yeah, I was I was definitely surprised when I saw them in preseason. I'm like, are they only getting that because they won the championship? That sounds kind of ridiculous it's uh it, it's kind of funny because when orgeron was hired he took this smaller contract and they made this huge deal about oh well he's hiring these monster offensive and defensive coordinators and they're paying him ass loads of money and he's kind of the figurehead ceo type but you know not as hands-on because he's already failed at coaching before so the, the, and, and that's how they kind of sold the thing mm-hmm. but then as soon as they lose all these coordinators they're like yeah he'll be fine look at orgeron he just won a championship dude's a beast he's a good man yeah he he's, he's himself. fucking invincible yeah this guy's great i want him to have sex with my wife and fucking it turns out that <laughs> it turns out that two two win seasons and selling hummers at ole miss is not in fact the formative experience that you need to become a mastermind program manager I'm just stunned. I have the shock Pikachu face on right now. Just absolutely stunned. I can't believe it's come to this. Maybe they switched the gumbo maker. Oh, Jesus the gumbo Christ. Chef? Here we go with the gumbo again. Oh, the gumbo joke. You know, um, you know what you know what he really likes is that that chicken that chicken on a stick. I don't know if you've ever had that before. Anybody here had that? Chicken on a stick? No. That's like a, it's a big thing in Oxford, and I think it's kind of throughout Mississippi and maybe in Louisiana, but I think it's I think it's a Mississippi thing, but it's basically just Fried chicken, it's like fried chicken skewers, but you put uh like pickles and other shit on it. Either way, he he fucking loved that. I mean, you know, he's coach cocho or whatever. So, you know, just like he talks about gumbo when he's talking Cajun shit, whenever he came up to Oxford, he's like, Oh, I'm gonna go to the chicken on a stick place and uh, it, it, it's it's actually served at a gas station too, which is also very on point for Cocho. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's fucking delicious too. Oh, it's, it's the, the best. Gas yeah, it's one one of the best places there are in Oxford, so yeah. Who needs fine dining when you can get chicken on a stick at a, you know, a Circle K outside of Motel 6 in Oxford? I mean, you get the fine dining, too. Don't get me wrong. But that chicken on a stick is legit. Don't hate. If you, if you look hard <laughs> enough, you can even find a date outside of the Motel 6, probably. I mean, the uh, women are nice in Oxford. The one, time, the one time I was in Oxford, there was hookers at my hotel. So Really? That's yeah, awesome. like on the stairs. It was kind of creepy. Wait, where? Where were you? I was at a Motel 6 in Oxford. That's all I remember. Surprising, but hey, I mean, it happens. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so uh, LSU, <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> Football. Boy, we, got, we went way off. Um, 
I don't I don't expect us to lose this game. I think that they've lost a lot of pieces. Um it's unclear which quarterback they're going to be starting this week, last I heard. I thought I thought I saw Max Johnson, but maybe I maybe it was rumored or something. I think that's the rumor. I don't know if that's been confirmed. Is that Brad Johnson's son? Fun thing about LSU is that their two best players, one of them has already essentially opted out, Eric Gilbert, the tight end, and an, another um Ojolari, uh BJ, I, I don't remember which one of this which, but there's there's brothers. One's at Georgia, one's at LSU. Both really there's good. There's and BJ. Yeah, whichever one's at LSU, he is also uh, rumored to be potentially. He's your sack leader. Yeah. So if uh, if we don't have to face him, that's huge because Stone Forsyth, he's a beast, but he's a he struggled against some elite guys. So it'd be nice to well, Stone make the, that work. Stone Stone like was a was a stone wall against the other Ojalary, so I'm not sure if this brother would make any difference. Yeah, but that's Georgia. They suck. I mean I guess LSU sucks too, but you know. These are valid points. It's tough mm-hmm. to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> flip, flip the library card, let's know who's right. <laughs> we'll we'll get there. Yeah, but yeah, so I'm I'm not expecting much out of them. Uh their offense is terrible. Their defense is just as bad, if not worse. Their coaching is awful. They don't have depth. They don't have talent. They don't have any experience. In theory, the spread's what, 24 points or whatever? We mm-hmm. should win this handily. I mean, handily, handily. And, and that spread would be undervaluing it because this is LSU. How many times has LSU been uh, a, that big of an underdog? It's rare. So it's... um. Yeah, I, I would I would expect a um, a dominant performance on both sides of the ball. Anything less, and um, it'll be the same as the past three weeks, and I'll be terrified going into Alabama. <laughs> I I have the feeling that it could be a dominant performance, and it absolutely would be an ass reaming if this were a few weeks ago. But I think that both teams are going to be content to kind of pack it up and call it a game midway yeah. through the third quarter. I can so see I'm thinking I'm thinking it maybe doesn't turn into an absolute ass reaming and it's just kind of a get off the field and stay healthy situation. Yeah, I expect to see Emery like hopefully yeah, hopefully majority of the second half. I'm on LSU's 247 website and all the top posts are about cleaning house and getting rid of coach Orgeron which Damn. we're we're like a year and a half ahead of schedule. I didn't think I thought that he'd bought himself at least a full year. It's crazy that they're already jumping to this fun yeah, stuff. I love it. Are they going to fire him and then go hire Joe Brady as a new head coach? They would love that, but there's no way he'd do that. Why would he do that? He should stay in the NFL and make lots of money. But uh, people complain about, you know, how, like how negative and how knee jerk reactionary our fan base is. This motherfucker had just had like one of the best football seasons ever in the history of the sport. And they're all out there firing them. <laughs> I'm, I'm having this awkward moment because, like, I want to bring up something that makes LSU uh-huh. look bad. It makes them look really bad. But then it would also be me defending them against your point right there. So oh, I'm no, I, I know. Them. I know. Absolutely. Yeah, they they yeah. absolutely should be calling for him to be fired for a number of reasons. Uh, m- most of which covering up rape and uh, yes, a variety of other assault assault allegations, which is pretty bad and a fireable offense. If you, yeah. unless you're him, but, but let's, let's be, let's be real. Are these LSU fans calling for him to be fired? Just using that as, a, as an excuse, or are they honestly wanting him fired because of that? The former. 
yeah, I'll be fair. I'll, I'll say there's probably a mixture. I'm sure there's some good LSU fans out there who are genuinely appalled by the cover up. How many how many times have you been to an LSU game, Hammer? I don't know of many good LSU fans. <laughs> <laughs> Never been to one. Oh man, we gotta go. They're they're rough. They're a rough bunch. Uh, I I have one LSU buddy. He's a good guy, but he would want Coach O gone because he's Coach O. He and I mean, I'm not saying he would not care about the rape stuff, but that would not factor into him wanting Coach O gone. Like he would want him gone regardless. Yeah. So yeah. Either way. All right. So we're going to win. Yeah. Do we do we want to pick scores here, or is there further analysis needed? Um. Uh, the running game against Tennessee was atrocious. What do we have? 19 yards. Um, I, I have Dan Mullen did address that, that though. Have, he, he did. He did say that was a bad look and he's going to focus on that. Well, I've read that Hevesy is furious, which I could see. He seems like a guy that would get angry at that. So maybe we will try and force feed some running, uh, rushing attacks. And I don't know if that'll, go, that'll work out or not, but it'll be I, interesting to see if we can. Did you hear what he said? I, I fucking I, I like laughed like out loud reading it when Hevesy apparently told the offensive line, we're already dealing with COVID-19. Now we got to deal with the Tennessee 19, which is the 19 total rushing yards we had against Tennessee. Like that was his thing he was saying to the offensive line all week. And that's good stuff. Yeah. Um, sorry, I completely spaced out there for a second. It happens. Um, <clears throat> we start talking about a rushing attack and then, I mean, who right. wants to listen yeah. to that? Yeah, Jesus. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't actually know if I, I don't really agree with the viewpoint that I've heard a lot of over the past few weeks that, oh, well, we're just we're just turtling and saving things for Bama. I don't necessarily know if that's true, but if it were true, I think this would be the week where that would be true. If that makes sense. I don't know. That was I confused myself on that one. Oh, um, good, man. No, we're gonna we're gonna do all the tricks. We're gonna do all the trick plays today, so Bama gets confused. Like, why are they showing everything the week before they play us? Right, that's the real big brain move. And then we're gonna bring out Trent Whitmore at quarterback against Alabama, and he's gonna. Is Trent Whitmore healthy, or is he still hurt? No, they said he might play this game. I I think that he probably. I, I don't expect to see him again this year. I mean, I think he could play if we needed him. But he is a redshirt freshman backup wide receiver. As as elite of an athlete as he is, and as many Heisman trophies as he will be winning, I'm not sure we need to put him out there. Um, although I'm missing him on special teams, apparently. It's unfortunate. I, I would honestly, I would rather see him than Cope at this point, personally. I yeah, understand that that's probably, that's probably con- controversial because, I mean, Cope is very good at getting open and is. Well, I don't even know if that's true. He's a very freakish athletic person, but um, he's just not a good receiver right now. And I think Trent, Trent Woodmore is. Yeah, Copeland has just been kind of disappointing. And and uh, we have a whole offseason to shit on him, and we are going to make full use of that, uh, a la Kadarius. But, um, yeah, he, he doesn't he, – he's not a typical wide receiver. He's not huge. He, he, he's not like the 6'4 guy that Billy Gonzalez loves. He doesn't catch it when he is under pressure. Like anytime there's a contested ball, that motherfucking ball, it doesn't even just drop to the ground. He finds a way to tip it up every time. Like every time mm-hmm. we throw it to him and I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah. my God, we're about to throw a pick because a fucking Copeland's going to tip it up or something like that. He just, he struggles with contested passes. 50, 50 balls are not that they're like 20, 80 with him. 
Um, apparently he does regular drops too. Now I didn't really think he did that, but he uh, proved me wrong this game. So I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. Uh, I hope that he puts a lot of work in this off season to improve, uh, but I'm not going to expect it. And I'm going to talk a lot of shit about him. Prepare yourselves. Alrighty. Um, let's pick scores and, uh, we'll mosey on down the road to other topics. All right. I'm going to go conservative and they say 38 to 17. Uh, I, I'm in a very similar neighborhood. I'm going to go 41 to 20. Man, these are pretty close. Um, I was going to go even higher scoring than that. Uh, Let's go 45 to 24, and I will pick Naquan Wright to get the first touchdown. Just, just, oh, for nice. fun. just for fun. Oh, my God. The fucking Discord will lo- we'll have a collective aneurysm if Naquan Wright scores. But it's like, let's say it's like a 10-play first drive and all, and like nine of the 10 plays are passes, and then we finally run the ball in for it to score. Like, they will fucking lose their minds, and I kind of want that now. I want to see it happen. I'm I'm thinking yeah yeah y'all y'all know I love I love to ignore <laughs> it's Heisman that's literally what I feel I hear in my head I love to ignore times that I'm wrong and I like to play up times that I'm right a little bit of bragging here so so I want to I just want to I want to reiterate that that it's not Naquan right it is it is my preseason offensive breakout pick Naquan right oh my god <laughs> yeah, I, went, oh, I went there I went there. All right then. Well, I'll I'll match you then, and I'll say Jamarcus Weston gets the first touchdown. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> I can't even remember who who was mine. Fuck. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to I go. Pick, I picked Trent Whitmore. Did you? I picked Trent Whitmore. Yeah. That's rough. He's right, sitting this one it. out. He's he's gonna come off the bench with his broken ribs, and he's gonna catch a one finger hail mary pass from the one yard line all the way to the end zone. That's it from Kadarius Tony. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but but first the ball is going to get hand off to Jacob Copeland. Who's then going to fumble it. And Kadarius Tony is going to pick it up and just panic throw a hail Mary to Trent Wentmore. Who's standing alone in the end zone. All right. I'll start putting money down now. All right. All right. So, uh, what do you? What is this Eddie Grand stuff? I'm not familiar with that. I know he's the offensive coordinator. Eddie at Grand, Eddie Grand, Eddie Grand's a guy we should hire. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just jump right in. Eddie Grand, okay. we should hire him. Put him on our team. Why? I think, I think we lose an offensive assistant this offseason. Okay, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm just gonna assume we do. And uh, whether it's Brian Johnson or somebody else, Eddie Grand is a fucking bag man. I want the bag man on my team. I don't want him to be offensive coordinator. That can be Dan Mullen. That could be Brian Johnson. It could be Billy Gonzalez. It could be John fucking Hevesy. I don't care. Put Eddie Grant out there. Have him paying bags to offensive tackles so we can land some offensive linemen for Hev. Yeah, and Durant. I, I completely agree. I mean, Eddie Grant was instrumental in accumulating the talent that Florida State used to win a national championship. He was there with Brewster, wasn't he? Like those were like the those were the bag men. Like I those so, were yeah. the guys. Okay, yeah. I mean, down they, they know their shit. Like you, go, you convinced you convince me from the beginning. I'm good. I'm down for that. Eddie Grand sounds good to me, man. Yeah, um, and I, to be clear, he got fired. He's the offensive coordinator at Kentucky, and he got fired this past week. Yeah, I don't want him as offensive coordinator. I'll, I'll make well, that clear too. Yeah, as far I'm, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, 
but their offense wasn't really the reason why they were sucking, right? Or was that, or am I thinking incorrectly? Yeah, their I offense mean, was it, pretty bad. It kind of was okay. this year, but like <laughs> you guys, you guys went ah, in unison. That was kind of cute. At the same time, he's really MacGyvered together some offenses out of nothing there. Yeah. Well, didn't he use like a wide receiver at quarterback like all last season and they actually went well? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. Put him on the staff. Yeah. The problem is, though, that the only offensive coach that I really think we would lose this year would be Brian Johnson. And so then what like do you just have do you just have Mullen do the quarterback coaching? Well, no, here's here's my thinking. Here's my thinking. Um, I, I posted earlier today. I know you guys saw that about the potential replacements, and I know you don't like Kerwin Bell, so I'm not even going to mention him. Um, we can talk about Kerwin Bell, which which I'm still confused. Like, I, I feel like that's probably why we even brought him to begin with, is because Dan uh, Mullen kind of foresaw that eventually happening. But um, I think, let's say hypothetically, Grantham does leave. Let's say he takes the Virginia Tech job. All right. BGR would be very happy about that. Um, he takes the Virginia Tech job. He would most likely take Torian Gray and Christian Robinson with him. And I would hope and pray to every deity that has ever existed on the planet that Ron English is fired or leaves. Let, let's play with that. I love that. I love that. Then we Ron have English. to basically replace our entire defensive staff. I'm down for just putting a defensive coordinator, a linebacker coach, and a DB coach. Not two separate DB guys, but just a DB coach. And then adding an extra offensive assistant, like like a, like a quarterback coach that can be groomed if you add Eddie Gren to the office. Just office. Just put him as fucking recruiting coordinator, random off. Like he's a special teams coach. Hey, hey, you, man, go. you, you, got to my, you, you got to where I wanted to be uh, with, with a few extra steps right there. I, Eddie Grand has coached special teams numerous times. He's also a running backs guy. Just taking special teams away from Greg Knox, like like Greg Knox coach running backs, or swap them. Put Grand at running backs, put Knox at special teams, but just split them split them up between the two spots. And then yeah, dump dump one of the defensive back coaches, maybe both, and uh, get just one person to run the whole show there. I'm with it. I'm here. I am totally down to poach fucking Connor Shaw from South Carolina. The more I read about this kid, the more I want him on the team. Fuck like, that guy. Connor no, Shaw. Like, 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 so he was their, like, I don't know, assistant director of player fucking life or some shit at South Carolina. And then when Will Meshamp got fired, Mike Bobo took over as head coach, and he was the quarterback's coach too, and so they needed an extra assistant. So they brought Connor Shaw on, and I haven't seen a single South Carolina fan that isn't stressed out that Shane Bieber might not like, they might not keep this kid and they're all losing their minds. Um, And then I go back and read other quotes about how Steve Spurrier said, he's probably one of the smartest quarterbacks he's ever coached his entire coaching career. Right. This is a guy who coached like legendary Gator quarterbacks. Right. And he's talking about how this is the smartest quarterback he's ever coached. The kid's 29 years old. Apparently the South Carolina quarterbacks look better than they have ever been. In, uh, under Muschamp over the last three games this guy's been their quarterbacks coach and he played for Spurrier fuck it like bring him on put him as a quarterbacks coach groom him you know and he could probably recruit he's young you know so I'm sure he'd probably be able to have some ability to recruit there and then you have Eddie Grant as the special teams guy and there you go there's your staff and I'm down with that I'm down to poach them from South Carolina because I think South Carolina fans for the most part are pretty insane but I have I haven't seen anyone collectively be concerned about uh, someone not remaining on their current staff from a fired coach before, 
at this capacity. Like this is like they're they're kind of freaking out. I, I certainly like that idea better than Kerwin Bell. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's upside there. It seems like, uh, and I suspect that we would probably have to go that route or something like that to replace uh, Johnson if well, you know, if he leaves because I think we're going to actually struggle. We would struggle to attract someone who is a more notable up and coming coach because it's we aren't really going to be offering a true offensive coordinator role or a play calling role. And if somebody is like a big time up and coming coach, you know, they're who is already established as a quarterback coach, they're not going to want to come in and just be the quarterback coach again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I'm not I'm not articulating that well. No, what you're trying to say is that Dan Mullen is the offensive coordinator. And so everyone kind of everyone kind of exactly. knows that. And yeah. Brian John and and, thinking, and Dan Mullen was smart. He was smart to convince Hevesy and Gonzalez to relinquish their co-offensive coordinator titles, right? Mm-hmm. Give it to Brian Johnson. And probably he probably lets Brian Johnson do a lot. You know, I'm sure Brian Johnson probably helps him game plan and shit. And, you know, he, and he definitely I have seen him call a few plays before, so I'm sure it's every now and then Dan Mullen has given him, you know, the ability to play call stuff. Um but it's very intelligent on Dan Mullen's like side there because now Brian Johnson can't leave for an offensive coordinator position. He can only take a head coaching job because Dan Mullen is allowed to block lateral moves, right? And so now he keeps this guy. You guys, you guys know that, right? You guys are aware that coaches can basically block lateral moves, like like in the SEC. Um, and so now not, he can't I'm be not aware, aware of that. Actually, is that is that like in the contract or something? That's in a lot of. It's in probably. I, I'd be very surprised if it's not in there. Yeah, there his contract. But yeah, that's the thing is that you can't like, and that's why Dan Mullen got I think really butt hurt about uh, Jeff Collins leaving uh, um, Mississippi State for Florida because of the fact that it was a lateral move and he got really upset about it. The SEC has like kind of altered some of the rules when it comes to contracts and coaches. So yeah, like like so. If Brian Johnson leaves, it's either for a head coaching job or it's for Dan Mullen saying, go ahead and take that offensive coordinator job. I think that would be good for you. It's like, because Dan Mullen can let him go, but he also can block it, you know? Um, and it was smart on our behalf. And so I think, I don't think he, I really don't know if he's going to go anywhere this year. I just don't, everyone's saying like a Vanderbilt or something. I'm like, no, no, no. Like Dan Mullen's not going to let him fail. And that's a place where you're going to fail. Like, no, it's not going to, they're never going to find James Franklin ever again at Penn State, at, at, at Vanderbilt. Like that was a flash in the pan. Um, I think he is going to leave probably in the next couple seasons at the minimum. Um, but I also like, you know, like, and I hope he goes to a good place, but yeah, I don't, I'm not entirely sure that uh, I think it was smart on Dan Mullen's behalf to kind of put him in that position to kind of groom him and to kind of keep him on the team because he's a great recruiter. Everyone loves him. And he's apparently getting a lot of credit for the way Kyle Trask has been performing this season. So I think there's actually been uh uh, like litigation around those types of lateral move clauses and contracts before. Um, I think Texas had a situation with that uh, a couple of years ago. And I, I might be wrong here, but I think that it is, it doesn't apply if someone is moving on to a play calling offensive okay. coordinator spot. Yeah. And maybe so I, was wrong I think there. that would be, I think that would be, I would not be surprised to see him leave for a play calling offensive coordinator spot this year. But I don't know. You know, I, I I really don't know the specifics specifics of his contract, so I I can't really say with any authority at all. Him moving on is the kind inevitable. of inevitable that you want to have, and it is inevitable. I I think. 
when you're successful, like we are, you're bound to get people poached. This is yeah. the way it's going to happen. Um, it'll most likely be on the offensive side of the ball when it does happen, unless we have like amazing defenses. You know, you don't think but, people are going to come poaching Grantham in English, please. Look, hold on, hold on. Let's let's each come up with our best-selling pitch for Ron English. I can't do this. I'm not that good of a liar. So y'all, if y'all want to, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I give up already. It's, it's way yeah. It's too much. Too much pressure. Um, sorry to sorry to br- to burst your flow right there. I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's uh the, the defense bad, offense good, as is tradition for this for this team. But yeah, uh, Brian Johnson definitely is a highly sought after guy. Uh, we should enjoy him while we have him. What else we got? Okay, so shit, I closed my tab. Yeah, we 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 did LSU preview. We have college football picks and culture corner as the two uncovered uh, items. Okay, so uh, just one other thing. We kind of touched on it. Uh, Hammer and I did in our short picks episode and coaching carousel discussion. Um, South Carolina hiring Shane Beamer. What What's the overall takeaway there? I, I'm interested in your thoughts, Zlat. NFL and college coaching is the most incestuous, nepotistic profession on the planet. It is insane how how little they pay attention to anything beyond your pedigree this is like the monarchy to me like this is actual like like i mean this is like british royalty like dukes and duchesses and other shit like that like you know not the maybe not the actual king and queen but oh it's an uncle or aunt or somebody who owns like this huge bit of property that's what it is that's who gets hired anybody else doesn't matter and that's why we have all these uh people bringing up issues with like i don't even know if it's title nine but with um with with uh, hiring the correct amount of, of uh, race or interviewing the right, the right races for jobs. I know there's, there's requirements there. Um, it's, it's a major problem compared to uh, the number of like African-American players to white players. And that major problem is due to this whole nepotistic incestuous hiring of sons and children. So yes, uh, sons of coaches fail upwards a la Lane Kiffin and uh, Shane Beamer will be, I'm sure, just fantastic. All right, so time to go to picks now because I don't know <laughs> what to say. <laughs> I, I'm pretty much still at the same place I was when we talked about it over yeah, the weekend. I think it's a it's a high risk, high reward hire. It could work out. It could be Sam Pittman. That's how they're going to try to sell it. They're going to try to sell it as, oh well, Dabo wasn't a coordinator either. But the more I think about it, the more I think this is not going to work out that they are falling into the same trap they did with Muschamp, where like the the in vogue thing to do a few years ago was to try to get a Saban assistant to become Alabama junior. And now they're just, you know, they're going the, well, he's a nice guy. He's program manager. He's a CEO type. And, you know, they're just going to try to go the Dabo route now. I think it's not likely to work out, but. I could be wrong. I, I will reserve final judgment until he hires his coaching staff. Well, I was reading that he um, that they he apparently did reach out to um, to Bud Foster. So <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if there's any traction there. But uh, speaking of nepotism and incestuousness, um, uh, I, I will I will go on a limb and I will say that he's going to be terrible. Something that I never said about Sam Pittman. I don't believe. Yeah. Um, 
I so I'm reading right now. His top choice for offensive coordinator is Garrett Riley, Lincoln Riley's brother. So there you go. It's a lot even better. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, this, yeah, there's no question here. This is a fact. And then if Bud Foster wants the defensive coordinator position, it's his. If not, he's most likely going to go with Derek Mason. I thought you were going to say Chuck Foster, Bud Foster's nephew. <laughs> 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 I was waiting for it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, All right, then. Well, yeah, on that note, let's move on to picks. I'm All not right. going to I'm pretty sure I had a horrible year, horrible week, so let's do this. Okay, we'll go quick through reviewing ours. Texas A&M and Auburn. That was a five and a half point spread. Texas A&M won by 11. I was on A&M. That was a win for me. And Hammer, you were on Auburn. Damn it. Ohio State and Michigan State. That was a 24 point spread. And Ohio State won by 40. And you did pick Michigan State. I don't know why I picked Michigan State. Yeah, I don't don't either. That was tough tough luck. We were both wrong on Florida, Tennessee. We both put picked the Gators to cover 17 and a half and Tennessee backdoored that into oblivion. Uh, okay. So here's one where I was embarrassingly off. Uh, Iowa state and West Virginia yeah. and half point spread. I remember saying that I thought West Virginia would keep this close and lose, but lose close. And it was 42 to six. And that was not close. And Iowa state is really, really good. They are an actually good team. And and yet, none of the Blue Bloods are going to reach out and hire Matt Campbell for some unknown reason. Maybe he's a gambler. Could be. So he's going to replace Norvell once Norvell gets fired. God, I hope not. Jesus. For gambling. No, no we, I really don't want that. That's bad. Fuck, yeah. that would be bad. I would take him as our offensive coordinator, though, if we want to replace that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that, does it work like that? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, Wisconsin and Indiana, we were both wrong on this one, too. Uh, it turns out that Indiana doesn't need no panics. Not only did they cover the 13.5 point spread, they, in fact, won outright 14 to 6. Yikes. Yeah. Um, I'm so sad I missed picks. I would have killed it this week because all the, t- all the teams I hop on normally, they're killing. They're, they're doing it. BYU and Coastal Carolina. I watched a little bit of this game. Coastal Carolina won 22 to 17. Um, I was on BYU. That was a win for you, Hammer. You were on Coastal. Yeah, man. I got to believe in the Chancellors or whatever the hell their thing is called. Uh, Bama and LSU was a 29 and a half point spread. 55 17 is the final there. And we were both on Bama. We were both correct. This one is my favorite one. Missouri and Arkansas. Missouri was favored by three and I was on Arkansas and you were on Missouri hammer mm-hmm. and it was a two point game mm. and that's a win for me. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> was this the library card game? Yeah, it was never a doubt. Never a doubt. Undefeated all time, baby. Let's go. All right. South Carolina and Kentucky. This is the last one. Uh, South Carolina and Kentucky was 11 and a half points. That was a 41, 18 final. And you were on South Carolina and I was on Kentucky. I'm picking South Carolina until they win for me, man. Okay. That'll work. Um, <laughs> I just want to know what it feels like to be a South Carolina fan. You know, like, <laughs> you just, 
just have this hope. <laughs> I'm okay not open. figuring that out. Yeah. All right. Is there are there any thoughts from games around the country from last weekend? BYU and Coastal Carolina was exactly what everyone needed. It was an awesome game. It was, it awesome. was a good game. Yeah. And it was cool because it's like they insta scheduled it. Like they had like what three days notice. Um two undefeated G five teams. It was cool, man. Like I, I I liked that they were able to pull it off, you know, and that's why, like, I can't, I, I don't even want to hear this BS about how Texas A&M and Ohio State can't do it this week. It's like, yeah, you guys can. You just your conferences don't want to let you. Cowards. I have I have a thought here. I feel like we haven't seen enough shocking upset wins like Cinderella story wins. I want to see more of those. And, and I guess that comes with not playing enough games, but I'm going to hold that hope. That this week is the week. And hopefully not us on the wrong end of that. Michigan, Ohio State. It got, it got, it got canceled. So can anybody disagree with the, uh, the statement that Michigan won this game by canceling it? Oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. Is this the ultimate rivalry move? Is there a better rivalry move than this in history? No. No, this is sick. This is some like, this is some Genghis Khan like this is no this is this is some like zoo you know this is elite and like yeah it was elite and a lot of people uh, a lot of people like expected it or they thought you know this could happen and they brought it up but just just doing it i'm so impressed you know i'm not usually a michigan fan at all i don't like them very much but i, I got to i got to give props where it's due i mean this was an impressive move by them this is this is what rivals do right here like no, they're not going to beat Ohio State, but you know what they can do? They can keep those motherfuckers out of the playoffs. So they're going to do everything they can. This is amazing. I don't care what else happens. The media is not going to call it out because it's, you know, they're, they're PC and all that. But that's what's happening in my mind, and I love it. Agreed. Um, but with that said, I would be very surprised if they don't change the rules. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Big Ten will bend over backwards. And and they should, if it were if the shoe were on the other foot, oh, yeah. Greg Pinky would absolutely do the same thing because that's what you do. That's your job as a conference commissioner is to put your teams in a position to win on a national level. They clearly put that limit in with something else in mind to try and help themselves out. Once it really starts hurting their conference, they'll they'll fix it. No worries. Yeah. I'm I'm not concerned at all. But this is still an ultimate rivalry move. Force force that move. Make the Big Ten do some shit. I love it. I am going to be the biggest Northwestern fan at 12 p.m. next Saturday. Indeed. Wait, who are they playing? They're probably going to play Ohio State because that's how this is going to work. And it's going to be for the Big Ten Championship. And Oh, Ohio State's going to win by like 60. It's gonna be those, purple ner- those purple Barney nerds, man. I'm going to dress up like fucking Barney. I'm going to go by. Like, I don't care. Like, let's do it. Like Northwestern. I, I don't think that Kevin Warren will make it through the end of 2020 as the big 10 commissioner, if they don't change this and put Ohio state in the conference championship game. I mean, this is like, Oh, I'd fire him too. If he didn't do that. Yeah. And, and he does. I mean, he deserves to be fired already because they just fucked this situation up seven ways. Yeah, from Sunday. It's a pretty like, like the rule sucks. And like the whole decision to you not even do a season this year when everyone else was like, yeah, we're going to do one. It's like 10 game. Like, like they didn't give us any wiggle room for this. Why they keep canceling their games? Yeah. Like it was, it was a shit show all around, but yeah, th- this is, this is a clear move. The big will bend over backwards and they will get uh, their, their Lord and savior cash cow, Ohio state 
into the playoffs or at least into a championship spot to make the playoffs. So no questions there, but it's fun to watch. Y'all ready for some picks? Let's yeah, let's pick some games. Yeah, We're going to go through the SEC first. All right, let's do it. Bama and Arkansas. Bama is a 32-point favorite. Bama. And this is at Arkansas. I'm going to do Bama. Yep, Bama. Uh, I'm going to go Arkansas. I think they're going to backdoor this, and I think I think Bama might shut things down a little bit early. Okay. I mean, 32 is a big, a big spread, but yeah, yeah. Arkansas, horrible talent. Give me Bama. I was reading on the uh, Alabama 24-7 boards that Nick Saban um, has sent some uh, interesting messages to uh, Sankey about even playing this game, um, considering the whole situation going on with Ohio State and shit. So I don't know. Doesn't uh, didn't I know I know Saban drinks the blood of children? Did he threaten Sankey's kids or something? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of in agreement too. I'm like, <laughs> fuck it, we probably shouldn't play LSU either. Like, if Ohio State can fucking waltz their way into the playoffs playing nobody except for Indiana and like six games in total, then why should we have to risk injuries to our players before we even do our championship game? You mean like tech, like Texas A and M? Yeah. Like, why I, do they get off? Yeah, I agree with your logic, but at the same time, it just means more. And <laughs> that's right. Meaning more. Bad. Yeah. Which in the end always wins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Georgia and Missouri. This is at Missouri. Georgia, Georgia. 13 point favorite. I'll take Georgia. I'm going to take Missouri. I, I, I don't know. Missouri is weird this year. They're sometimes really good and then sometimes pretty horrible. And I don't think, I really don't think Georgia. I think Georgia's going to phone it in. Georgia like, is going to double the spread. I have Georgia by 26 at least. All right. This is a library card game for me uh, because I can see the logic in both arguments and I can't decide. So Georgia is heads. Missouri is tails. I'm going Missouri. All right. Point for me. Yeah. Let's go. I'm about to have fun at this next pick. I'm really looking forward to it. Anticipation. Hey, now. Uh, that's that's going to build up. Sorry. What? Hammer, you were on Missouri? Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, that doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. It makes oh, me feel so much better about myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tennessee and Vandy. Tennessee, 15-point road favorites at the venerated, terrifying, house of horrors, Vanderbilt Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. I want that girl to kick a field goal against Tennessee so bad. I'll go first. This is my lock of the week, Vanderbilt's covering. All right. Yeah, I'm going to pick Vandy, too. Yeah, I think I will, too. I think they're going to find a way to wake up and not sleepwalk through this. Tennessee has lost six in a row. Would it not be amazing to have them lose seven in a row? That would be oh, very man. fun. To Vanderbilt. And it's a and it's a field goal kick to finish the game. However it happens, but that would be great too. That, that would make uh, the, the rounds. on the, uh, to, to 0-8 Vanderbilt, a team that like, just can't win. Who's who's Tennessee have left? Is it is it – I want to say Alabama. It's not Alabama. They already played Alabama. A&M? I think they've got A&M. If that game plays. Yeah, they got A&M left. Mm-hmm. Whoever it is, they'll lose if they play it. So, yeah, this is their chance to not finish on an 0-7 or 0-8 streak. All right. Uh, LSU and Florida, we were – I think we were all on the LSU side of 23 and a half. Okay. Is that accurate? I was 30 to 17, so yeah. Yeah, I think I was. Well, no, because I, I had 45 to 24, I think. I think I had Florida. Shit, I don't like that, but whatever. Scores in. Can't change it now. 
45 to 24, that's only 21 points. Bro, what are you trying to do? Make me look bad at math? <laughs> <laughs> aren't, aren't you a tax person? God. Jesus. God, I help your I do, you should I probably take all of your clients now and be like, bro, I probably did your taxes wrong. Let me look back at this now. I got some news for you folks. If you think I do any math in accounting, then you are sadly mistaken. I was talking to Tof about this earlier. We don't do math. I signed up for all the public speaking engagements I do. Auburn and Mississippi State. Auburn, six and a half point favorites. This is in Starkville. That's a horrible line. Um, Ooh. <sighs> I'll take Mississippi State. Is Bo Nix away? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go Mississippi State too. Yeah, I, I was thinking to, I was thinking Auburn earlier, but yeah, boy, Bo Nix on the road. Like, <laughs> Auburn, Auburn's burned me too many times now. I, I don't know if there's a better selling point to Toph than Bo Nix. Just saying his name is it's <laughs> immediate. You can convince me of fucking anything. <laughs> Bo Nix. Ah, shit. You're right. <laughs> I think Bo Nix was the Zodiac Killer. What do you think? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Well, he, he'd have he'd have to hit the target first. That's true. Yeah. Wow. Well, they did say that all the stab wounds were very erratic, so it could have been him. <laughs> all right, uh, and let's see. The other SEC game was Ole Miss and Texas A and M, but Texas A and M found a way to dodge that likely loss. That was that was some free money for me. I was all over that one. Yeah, I was kind of ready for Ole Miss to to win that one. To be honest. All right. What are the games we got? Um, yeah, just uh, call out whatever you're, whatever you're feeling here. All right. The first one I see, North Carolina, number 17, North Carolina, at number 10, Miami. Does North Carolina get redemption for the loss to Florida State? Miami is a three and a half point favorite. I'm going to go with North Carolina. Boy, that's tough. This one's really tough. I'm going to take Miami. I think they win close, and I think it's just enough to cover. I'll take UNC. Um, I think this is a toss-up game. But I could see it being like a you know nail biter one or two point game either way. All right, we have uh, the uh, illustrious Purdue. What the fuck? This all just went away. I had Purdue at Indiana. The and lines, uh, I Indiana. Lost, I lost my 11. line. Eleven. Indiana. Or eleven. Indiana. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about Purdue, but I'm taking Indiana. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Indiana. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go Indiana too. A couple of ranked games this week. There's a few more. Yeah, Washington, Oregon. Is that or, is that or, a ranked matchup? It yep, is. Twenty-two Washington versus Why? twenty-three Oregon. Why? Why is Oregon ranked? Uh, because they were preseason ranked. Yeah, and they're catchy, and their uniforms are cool. I'll take Washington. That's six Why? points. That's that's a good that's a good spread right there. I think. I mean, I think it'll be close or at best close. Yeah, I, I got Washington. I don't. I just don't buy Oregon. Yeah, I'll take Washington. I don't think Crystal Ball is any good. Yep, I agree. You mean next Texas coach, Crystal Ball? <laughs> well, he's got to win some games first. I see a couple more on here that are worth picking. Um, I, I, I don't want to pick Wisconsin-Iowa. If y'all want to, you can. But God, what a fucking boring white game. Like, this is just like <laughs> fucking corn-fed white offensive line. Well, it says the line, is, it says the line, is, it says the line even. is even. Yeah. yeah, this is 11 on 11, 11 offensive linemen versus 11 offensive linemen, all white. God, and, that's um, beautiful. Just eating corn the whole time. God, it's disgusting. Let's not pick that one. This is, does, but does Florida State finally play again this week? Yeah, uh, Florida State I, and Duke. <laughs> I couldn't tell you because I only oh, look at the top right. 25. Yeah. Florida State's favored, right? Florida State's favored by five. Jesus. God, that's crippling. Where's where is this at? 
on when you go, you gotta click on ESPN. No, and no, 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 no. Where, where's the game being played, Hammer? Oh, my bad. I didn't know if you knew. No, how you're, to you're find good. I'm, I'm, fuck, I'm fucking around. I'm fucking around. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> that fourth state, bro. <laughs> yeah, give me. I don't like his lie with two hours of sleep. He's he's sarcastic more than usual. Yeah, pretty harsh right now. Um, I, I would I would normally be all over Duke on this one because it just seems so obvious to me. But since I have not picked against Florida State all year, I'll continue that and I will take Florida State. Thank you for your service. Yeah, I'm going to go Duke. Yeah. I think Duke as well. I wonder if this might be it for Cutcliffe. I wonder if he might retire after this year. He probably should, right? How old is he? He's probably be getting He's, He's going to five. Yeah, take a break, man. You've earned it. You can go live with Archie and Peyton and chill there. I know they're all good buddies. <laughs> I have one more game I want to pick. Okay. This is this is uh, possibly my favorite game of the week. It is number 20 USC at unranked UCLA. USC is only a three-point favorite. UCLA. Wait, who is it again? Southern Cal, the Trojans. Uh-huh. A three-point favorite at UCLA. Mr. Chip Kelly himself. Um, yeah, I'm going to pick USC. I have UCLA winning outright. Yep, I agree. All right. Ooh, that, uh, I don't know if it's, uh, that one even seems interesting or not. I don't know. How bad do you guys think Texas is? Very bad. I'll pick against I don't, them. Who, I don't who want my okay. All right. All right. All right. No more. Not to. Yeah. We'll, we'll Texas, Texas at Kansas. Okay, Texas, I'm not, I'm not. Texas is favored by 30. <laughs> I'm not participating. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not picking that shit. <laughs> I, I'm a conscientious objector to what you're trying to do here. <laughs> I refuse to pick a Big 12 game. So that's not happening. Okay. Well, I tried. I You've tried, listeners. Oh, wait, wait. We, should, we need to pick this one, though. We got to pick this one. We got to pick one more. It's Because it's a classic game. It's Navy and Army. Oh, yeah, right. I guess we kind of do, don't we? I mean, you're I pretty un American if you don't. Uh, yeah. Army's favored by six and a half, and it's at Army. All right. Which America do you hate more? <laughs> uh, I'm going I'm going Army. Yeah, I'm going to take Army. I know nothing about these teams, but since y'all both took Army, I'll just go Navy. All right. That's fair. Um, Let's see. What time is it? Okay, I've got like five minutes here. So, Culture Corner? Let's crank it out. All right. I'll go first because I have nothing. Okay. It, it's a very it's a very boring culture corner right here. So moving on to next. Bro, bro you were listening to The Mandalorian last time we were in, in Topher. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do, have a, good, I do fucking... have a good excuse for missing the podcast. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not worth getting into or anything. Yeah, whatever. Got, yeah, yeah. So, no yeah, but, but I did. I am caught up in The Mandalorian. It is fantastic. And uh, I'm, I'm loving the show. It's getting better and better each week with uh, the season. Yeah, it's good. I'm caught up on it. It's fine. I don't know. It, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't blow the socks off my feet. I've shared, I've shared my thoughts on it. I think it's just star Wars in general. I'm just kind of, I'm kind of burnt out. It feels like a, like a half hour commercial for toys every week. Disney is literally just using it as a vehicle to try to sell merchandise. Like it doesn't feel like a real show to me. You know? wait, till th- wait till Thursday, man, when they announce they're apparently announcing five movies and three new TV shows and showing off trailers and shit on Thursday at their shareholder meeting for Star Wars. So I, I would argue that I'm one of the uh, the larger purchasers of Baby Yoda products. I, so. I'm sure that you are. I'm mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. you got the Baby Yoda strap on, right? I know you said you and your wife liked it. It's not the baby, but yes. 
<laughs> so it's just regular Yoda. <laughs> does, it, does it talk to you when that's, you're doing it? It's one of those things that sounded way better than it actually ended up being. <laughs> like, like at the time, I'm like, oh yeah, it's a great response. And then looking back, maybe not. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, and by the way, he has a name. It's not just Baby Yoda. I'll stick with it. But yeah. Um. <laughs> My uh, So I ordered parts to build a computer and my case arrived and it had a tempered glass window. And I thought when I picked up the box, boy, this sounds, I don't know, maybe there's like some loose screws or something in the case. Nope. Nope. That was little pieces of tempered glass uh, filling the inside of the box. So I had to send that oh, back man. today. So I probably won't be able to build for at least another week. Oh, also, uh, I think I've talked about before. My wife and I foster kittens. Um, yes, through a rescue. And that kitten is fucking adorable. Yeah, we got a a peg leg. Um, well, actually, she's not a peg leg. She's a tripod. Um, she was found on the side of the road with a shattered leg uh, last week, and somebody brought her into a vet's office, and they had to amputate the leg. But now she's living with us until she gets adopted out, and she is adorable this is this is the first time i'm really really going to struggle with like having to say goodbye to a cat i think and we've been doing this for a couple of years how if you can say very briefly like how do you you just like sign up that you want to foster cats and then like humane society or whatever like yeah i would recommend it to absolutely anyone who has the room you know in, in your living space for an animal um we go through a it's like a a rescue group, but yeah, there's, there's similar groups in most places and probably the humane society in some areas. Um, it's a possibility to, to sign up and it's really rewarding. And with cats, it's usually not too time consuming because you can kind of just like put them in their own room. And if there's a full litter of them, they just kind of play with, with their siblings and you have to, you know, change their litter box and their food and everything. But, um, yeah, it's really rewarding. So I, I definitely recommend it to anybody who has the chance. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's and it's also it's also good. I'm sorry, I'm really ranting here, but no, good. No. it's also good if you are thinking of adopting an animal. I would recommend it to anyone who's thinking of adopting because it's like a try before you buy type of thing. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. you can just if you find a foster that you really fall in love with, you can keep them. Or, you know, if you don't jive with them. You let them, you know, go up for adoption and you try another one. All right. Hammer. Yeah. Um, so I just based off of like Netflix recommendations, um, started watching the TV show Hannibal and I'm actually pretty surprised how good it is. Um, I've heard good things. Yeah. I'm Mads Mikkelsen who plays, um, Hannibal is really creepy. Um, it's a really good, really, really, really well done show, and I'm I'm very surprised how good it is. And I'm glad that he like ended it. The creator edited it when he wanted to, so it's not like feels like I don't feel like I'm wasting my time watching like these these seasons like leading up to whatever the finale is. Um, so it's pretty cool. I'm I'm enjoying. It. I'm like probably like six seven episodes in. Um, and then Cyberpunk comes out this week, which is probably the most anticipated game of all time if you're a video gamer. And so I am definitely going to be playing that. Um, the entire weekend. I don't think anyone should hear anything from me, and I will be alive, I promise, but uh, everyone will hear back from me probably on Monday. 
Will you take some time out to watch Florida LSU, or is that just kind of... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, t- I'll take some time to watch that. Yeah. Side piece. I mean, I wouldn't blame you. It's, yeah. it's at like 8 p.m., so I got two monitors. I can just put on the other monitor. All right. Nice. All right. Thank you, listener. If you've made it this far, we appreciate you. Um, if you get the opportunity to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be awesome and very helpful. I will read embarrassing things. I will do it. Uh, yeah, tell some absolutely. friends. Yeah. yeah, give us a give us your favorite movie scene. Have us reenact it. Um, that sounds awesome. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody. Go Gators. Review it. <laughs>